Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Betches Media presents Betches Moms with hosts Aileen Drexler and Brittany Levine. Get ready to lock yourself in the bathroom or wherever else you hide from your kids because you'll literally never be alone again. Hello and welcome to the Betches Moms podcast. I'm Brittany and this week... Aileen is in California for the You Up live show, so we have a very special guest, my husband, Noah. Welcome. Hey, what's up? Um, yeah, so this is Noah's first podcast, and I'm excited. I feel like we've never, like, we're literally sitting face-to-face right now, and I feel like we're about to have a face-off. <laughs> <laughs> this is a little a little awkward, but yeah, excited. I've never been on a podcast, so let's go. It's not going to be awkward. It'll be fun. <laughs> I feel like we're on like a game show and we have to like ask each other questions about each other and like see how well we know them. Like that's how I feel right now. Well, it's a game show in this house every day. So <laughs> we're good. I don't think we ever, we don't like really talk about um, like our marriage relationships too much on the show. So I don't think I ever really spoke about how we met, but do you want to tell the story of how we met? Sure. You'll probably correct me, but I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll try. Um, yeah, well, I guess we met, um, we met through essentially mutual friends, I think at one point, right? So I knew John, your, your sister's now husband yeah but i don't know how we actually like we knew each other but i don't know how we knew each other it was through your sister and john is really what it came down to okay Um, i don't actually no excuse me it wasn't your sister it would think i knew john through other friends in plainview where we live now and people who grew up here that where where john yeah right that's where he you know yeah that's where he comes from and um because of that I ultimately, once he started dating Melanie, yeah, right. Then I think we met through that connection. Yeah, I guess that's how we like met as like friends. That's how we met. And I remember we were sort of friendly, and I remember talking to you at your 
cousin's wedding. Yeah. Who my best friend, one of my best friends is married to. Right. And then ultimately the two of them set us up a couple of years later. Right. So we knew each other. We were friends and we would always like bump into each other. And I, I, I feel like I've told you this, like there have been times like I bumped into you in the bar and in my head I'd be like, oh, he's cute. I'd hook up with him. Yeah, I don't really remember that for a, probably for good reason. If we we're in a bar in in Long Beach, um, but yeah, I don't think I ever really thought anything of it. I always thought you were you were cute, and I knew you were creative, and you were an artist, and that was one thing I always remembered about you. And um, I and then once we were set up, I felt just immediately drawn to you. That's like the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true, <laughs> guys. This podcast is going to be really good for us. Okay. Um, so, okay, we met, we got married. So we're about to celebrate our sixth wedding anniversary. And we were together for three years before we got married. So we've yep. been together for almost 10 years. Yep. Got so engaged a after time. a year and a half. Yeah, we got engaged after a year and a half. Um, when you know, you know, guys. Um, and then I feel like we never really, like, discussed having kids. Like, we were never like... Okay, so like how many kids do you want? Well, I want this many kids. Like I feel like it was just like understood. It was understood we both wanted kids, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like we probably discussed like when we were ready. Do you remember that? Um not really. Uh I think it came up well, no. I mean, I don't know remember if we like sat down and discussed it. I feel like once we started looking for another place to live when we knew we were sort of like ready to migrate out of the city. Yeah. And I feel like once we considered an apartment on Long Island to like take that step, I feel like we both sort of knew that that meant that soon after yeah. we would probably start yeah. trying. I don't know if, um, I don't know if we like discussed like how soon after we wanted to start trying. Yeah. I feel like it I, just kind of. I feel like we would always, I actually like kind of remember now, like before, like we literally got pregnant the month we moved into our new apartment in Long Island. And we, we looked for a place that we would have space for yeah. a baby. And I remember, but I remember like us trying before we, mo- we moved to Great Neck. But then like, it, we were like kind of like whatever about it. And like, but we were like saying, and I remember when we like actually got pregnant, I was like, holy shit, like this is real. Like this is actually like not an idea anymore. Like this is happening. Yeah, I feel like we didn't know how soon after we'd start trying yeah. and I feel like once we were in the apartment and we had the extra space I think it just felt right yeah. to start and then yeah. like you know yeah thankfully you know and this is not everyone's experience but thankfully yeah. we were able to get pregnant fast yeah. right um, that was because we started because we were like we don't know if it's going to take a long time so I think it happened more quickly than we expected so we were like very like oh my god wait like, how did that happen? Yeah. And it made you go buy, like, five more tests at the store. Yeah. Noah was on... Weren't you on your way to Toronto for work? I was on my way to go into the office for the day. And from the office, you I was going to leave to go to Toronto for a business trip. Yeah. And I was, like, rushing out the door. And you were taking a test. And I was just, like, not... You know, you I knew like, nothing about it. Yeah. Like, I didn't know, like, you know, how quickly you can test for being pregnant and I was just like come on like how long is it going to take and I was trying to rush out the door and then once it said pregnant I dropped my bags and I was like go to CVS go buy more tests yeah and then, like I just went in a little bit later oh and then, right right and then I, I still had to go to the business trip knowing you were yeah. pregnant yeah yeah I mean I guess there was like not much we could do it was just it was exciting yeah. it was exciting yeah, what else are you going to do it's not like we were like you know telling the world just yet yeah um, but it definitely yeah. felt weird that I had to like leave you for a few days after that 
Years. Yeah, that's weird. Like, do you remember, like, I know as a mom, like, trying to think about my life before Oliver and Jack, like, it literally feels like a lifetime ago, I feel like a different person. And, like, I don't, while I, like, miss that time in our life, like, obviously, this is so much better with our kids. But what do you... Like, do you ever think about, like, your past life before we had kids and just, like, like, how do you feel about now being a dad? I think about it a lot because I was, I think to a degree I was a very, I mean, of course we were different people. I mean, but, like, I think internally I think I was a very different person and I think by, for good reason, you know, having, you know, Oliver... Um, and kids in general, sort of like, it matures you fast, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. you know, and I was, you know, I'm in my 30s. I was in my 30s when we yeah. got married and when we had our first kid. And like, I feel like we don't have kids and you have that freedom, right? You're still living sort of that like, well, maybe not everyone, but you and I, you know, we still kind of live that like, you know, party lifestyle, yeah. right? We like to go out. We like to sleep in. Yeah. And um, I think that having kids while it's exhausting as fuck um it's you know it was i mean everyone says it's a blessing and it is a blessing i think that it actually sort of like put me on a better path i think mentally um and i don't know even mentally emotionally physically like once we found out we were pregnant you know, as you know, like something just clicked yeah. in my head where I wanted to get my like health together. Yeah. Um, you know, like I was working out here and there, mm-hmm. like maybe sometimes it was consistent, sometimes not thinking I was eating healthy. We'd basically just like, you know, you know, eat whatever we wanted on the weekends and yeah. whatever. And we'd be going out. There's definitely a lot more drinking and stuff like that. And I feel like something just clicked where I was just like, I don't. You wanted to stay healthy. You wanted to make sure that we lived uh, like a healthy lifestyle. Exactly. You just, something in your brain turned, like clicked where you were like, I want to live a healthy lifestyle. I'm now, I have this child. I want to be my best self. Correct. I wasn't, I wasn't happy with my weight. I wasn't happy with any like progress or results from like working out. I wasn't happy with even, you know, mental health, things of that nature. And I just wanted to like get my, get my stuff together and, you know, got a personal trainer yeah. Which I never really done before, you know, yeah. and you know, I started doing that. I changed the way that I ate and yeah. like ever since that's just how I've yeah. been. I've been a little bit neurotic about it too. Yeah. And, um, but if it wasn't for that news that you were pregnant, like, yeah. it just, it just, it just it was almost like a reality check. Or yeah. Something like that. I was like, I need to like be ready for this. And also like, I want to be there for a, my family yeah. long term. Right. Yeah. I don't want to like live this, you know, an unhealthy lifestyle with where other things can come up later on. So like to answer the question, you know, it, it, it really positively impacted me. Right. I mean, of course, like having kids has its like ups and downs, but Uh like, you know, it, it does change your life tremendously. In the market for investment worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. 
Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What do you think um, has been, you think like the main struggles from when you were a first time dad and then from when you were a second time dad? I think the main struggle for me going from one to two was I legitimately felt concerned that I didn't have enough love left in my my body (laughs) for another human being. I remember you would say, like, I think in my entire pregnancy, you would say that. You're like, how am I supposed to, like, love a child the way that I love Oliver? Yeah, I mean, you know, Oliver, our first, is an incredible child. Yeah. I mean, everyone's going to say that about their kids, but you, you love your kids to death. And, you know, thinking about another human coming into this life, I was just, I was like, I don't know how I could produce more of that yeah. for someone else. Yeah. And I quickly did very you know, yeah. really fast, right? It's just yeah. as soon as he was born, I mean it just yeah. you just you find it. Yeah, and you find. I feel like it's similar to like what a lot of moms say. A lot like a lot of moms are like, how am I supposed to like give this baby the same amount of attention that I give my first child? Like I like how like I love this baby so much. Like how I don't even know this baby. I think that's like a lot of things that um, well, you have that like chemical connection. Well, like, that's you have that, no, like, it's blood. Yeah. Like, they're in you, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I can only imagine like heart, you know, yeah. hormones and all that. Like you're, you feel the baby and you already feel a, it's different that sense of responsibility yeah. and love. Whereas like, yeah. I'm just kind of almost like a bystander on the sidelines, you know, waiting and I'm just like, yeah. I'm, you know, and even during that time, I'm actually like even more so appreciating our firstborn because yeah. I know that this other thing is going to be in our lives. Yeah. And I know that I'm going to be giving them my undivided unconditional yeah. love as well but yeah. like you almost you know i see all i saw oliver in like a different lens right that like oh man like this kid's gonna have a brother i'm gonna we're gonna be yeah. like busier and like i want to give him like more attention right. and i i remember i used to tell you i was like when this kid is born i'm gonna be oliver's dad and you're gonna be jack's mom yeah like, but it's like kind of like that it is kind of like that. <laughs> no not actually yeah. but like like for example um this past weekend uh, jack was sick for like a week and um, the entire weekend, like, we can't keep Oliver in the house. Like, he's, like, an unhinged four-year-old. Like, he needs space. So um, Noah basically, like, took him out all weekend for, like, beach time and play dates and whatnot. And I was home with Jack. Yeah. And 
that's just how it is sometimes. Yeah. I mean, the main reason for that is like Jack's kind of very clingy to me. And I also feel like, I don't know why, I feel like, like with, when it comes to like a baby, like maybe like I'm a little bit more in tune to like how, like what Jack needs as a baby. Like, how do you feel about that? That's hundred percent true. I mean, yeah. you know, with Oliver, like when I was, we were, you know, the firstborn, I feel like the parents are like very in it together. Yeah. Like, you know, at least that was our experience. Yeah. Right? We were very much in it together. Yeah. And like, you know, I quickly learned like what to schedule, when does he eat, what does he eat? Yeah. You know, what things to look out for, stuff like that. And I feel like with Jack, or I should say the time between that and then when Jack was born, that's what you forget. Right? Yeah. You forget doesn't, the baby fees. You forget stick, the baby fees as a mom too. Yeah. The feeding schedule, the formula, the this, the that, you know, just don't, you don't remember it anymore. And then like with Jack, it's like, I'm sort of tending to Oliver and you're doing the stuff for Jack. So like anytime I need to do it, I'm like, what do I need to do again? Yeah. I you know I can I catch on, but like, yeah. yeah, you're way more in tune yeah. with what Jack needs. And yeah. because you're just naturally with him more of the time. Yeah. He's more clingy. He's very you. clingy to me. What would you, for like any of like the moms listening that maybe are like first time parents or, or second time parents or pregnant right now. And like, what do you think their husbands are thinking right now? Like how do dads feel before a baby is born? Because like you were saying before, how like moms have that chemical hormonal connection if you are carrying the baby. And like, we, we kind of feel like mothers right away because like we have the baby inside of us if that's the case so how do how do you feel yeah the struggle is like you know as a i don't know if it's a male thing whatever you know but it's like i i want to be able to support this family give them whatever whatever is needed yeah right and from a from an emotional emotional financially all of it just like you know i want you know is that like am i going to be able to give 100 percent of all those like critical categories yeah in this you know in this world right and especially i mean you know now is probably i can only imagine how scary it could be bringing a child into the world right now just with you know Everything. everything being expensive and inflation and other craziness that's going on yeah but like for me with with both kids it was just are you know am i internally like and mentally am i ready to support yeah other people in this way yeah. right because it's like there's no one yeah. else right like it's you me. have this like mindset of like on the patriarchy of this family yeah. like i i want to like protect and love and support this like so like you're kind of the whole time you have this like is it's more of like an anxious thing like can i do this correct that's definitely how I felt. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if that's how a lot of fathers-to-be feel or like you in general because you, like me, have very high anxiety. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's a very natural response, like feeling like the like the leader of the family, like am I going to be able to support this family? I feel like that makes yeah. a lot of sense to me. And the other struggle was sleep. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, and that's obvious. Obviously. But, you know, for anyone listening, it's, I, if you ask my parents, I was the best sleeper as a baby. Like, they had to wake me up to feed me. That's, you know, I mean, that's like a parent's dream. Yeah. But that, We didn't you know, have that. Yeah. And that, <laughs> I, you know, I, I guess I carried that through life. I mean, growing up in elementary school, high school, I mean, like, I would be taking naps after school. I would conk <laughs> out on the, on the couch for, like, an hour and a half after you school. You still could do, you still I know, do I that. I I could fall asleep anywhere. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little bit more antsy these days where, you know, I, I don't know if it's, like, a 
a dad thing, but like I'm at a point where I can't sit still for that long, where yeah. I feel like I need to like do something yeah. around the no, house. No, I'm like, the same. Oh, do yeah. some sort of a project, like oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Fix, yeah. you know, fix something or go like yeah. run to, you know, Home Depot or no, whatever. Like, Noah is that is that stereotypical dad that I never thought he would be walking around the house with the toolbox being like, I have to go to Home Depot. Going to Home Depot is basically like going to Target. Yeah, I don't feel, I do not feel That's what it becomes. If you go to Target and like Target tells you what you need versus like you going there knowing what you need, Home Depot is the same exact effect. Yeah. Maybe not for everyone, but I could walk in there and I could think of like, all right, what else, what else do I, could I spend my money on that, you know, I may or may not need right now. And it's great. <laughs> I would like something I, in the air in that store. It's I, like, oh man, I could spend time in here. I don't have that connection to Home Depot, yeah. but I'm glad that you do. Yeah, I'm glad so, you have your safe space. But going back to the sleep though, it's just that like I, I legitimately, I'm not kidding. Like when we were gonna have Oliver, um, I was so anxious about sleep in general. Like I actually think it became an anxiety thing. Where like if I, if we weren't in bed by a certain time, yeah, I would like count the amount of hours I had to sleep before I had to wake up. To I go do to work. that now. <laughs> I, I don't do it. I don't even do it as much now. I, I do really it. don't. Oh I don't my know. God, I really. I do I've gotten. I don't know if it's like the pandemic. Like I've just gotten so used to just yeah. like whatever and having kids and being up early all the time anyway. But I legitimately was like scared that like, am I gonna be able to like actually wake up for these kids? Like I was legitimately anxious that like, my sleep was so important to me for so long course it still is but like i was just scared that like i wouldn't be able to function like as a human being like at work and all that if i didn't have like you know eight to nine hours of sleep every single night and like that was legit i was really concerned i was like that's how that's how like important sleep was to me for most of my life yeah and some people are like that some people could sleep for five six hours and function even less yeah um I wasn't like that. And yeah. I feel like that's definitely changed up because then when you get into the routine yeah. of waking up early all the time, like you just get used yeah. to it. And now it's like, I like being up early because yeah. you kind of get a lot done in you the beginning of the day. Out. Because by the time it's like two o'clock, you're counting them down the hours of like, all right, how many hours until we can put our kids to sleep? Yeah. And like, then it's like the end of the night. Yeah, literally. But like, I, I also think, I think the lack of sleep was so much harder the first time around because you hadn't, yeah. you have no idea what to expect. But like also when you're in it, you're in it, you're like, you're exhausting, you're tired. And then you like look back and you're like, wow, how did I do that? That was a black hole. Um, but then I think the second time around, it's you know less, you know what to expect and it's less daunting and you know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, you know, in X amount of months that you will be sleeping. The sleep yeah. is near. You and can taste it. So one thing I would tell myself <laughs> at the second, cause yeah, the first was definitely very difficult. Um, and it really is just like, you almost kind of black it out later on. Yeah. It's such a blur. I would tell myself that in like the middle of the night, we were like with Jack and it was like, you know, three o'clock in the morning, we've been up several times, yeah. we've barely gotten any sleep. I would literally tell myself in that moment, like feeding him in the rocking chair or something like, I'm not even going to remember this tomorrow. Like I would, lo- I would I almost coach myself through it that like this, this is almost like a dream. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and there's so, there was something about having gone through it already, like, and knowing what to expect and telling myself that in those moments, that would almost help a little bit. Yeah. Just be like, eh, this is almost like I'm like, I'm kind of half asleep right now, so whatever. And then like the yeah. next morning, and then literally almost on the next day or the next night, you're like, when were we up last night? Like, yeah. what happened? I, it was so what did you say to me? I don't know. Yeah. But it was also different. 
it was, it was a different experience in general, but yeah. But, um, what tips would you give for new dads? Yeah. So I actually have someone on my team at work who just welcomed their new son. And I told him, I said, cause he was like, you know, concerned about the sleeping and all that stuff. And I said, I said, you just do it. You know, like don't, yeah, you just do it. there's no way to prep for it. Just know that like, again, like I mentioned before, some sort of a switch just turns on and you just do it. And just like this human being has mm-hmm. no other resource to take care of them other than you and your wife. Right. Yeah. And like that's going to click Yeah. and you just do it and yeah. like you get through it. And then all of a sudden three, four months goes by and you're like, what just happened? Yeah. And and then it becomes, you know, every stage is, has its own set of challenges, whether yeah. it's infant, you know, newborn, infant, toddler, yeah, you know, and all the way up to at least where we are with Oliver, oh, where it becomes yeah. like not listening and all that yeah. fun stuff. But the, kind of the, the tip that I gave kind of jokingly is like, yeah, what you can do is just like set like random alarms <laughs> in your room at different random times, whether it's like 20 minutes from now, 30, 45 hour, right? And before it, the baby And it has born. to be different every single day and just do that before the day is born. If you get used to that, you're good. <laughs> Literally. So now we're moving on to our Dear Betches Mom segment. I guess today it's Dear Betches Dads, but... Hi, Betches Moms, a Betches Dad here. My wife loves your podcast and always has it on when we are in the car, so by default, I listen as well. But I actually enjoy all of the advice. My question is about gentle parenting. My wife always interjects when I'm parenting my three-year-old daughter, and I find it really frustrating. I understand it's frustrating for her because she wants us on the same page, but I feel like she's just parenting me. Do you have any advice on how I can handle the situation so it doesn't turn into a fight in a situation that's already stressful? Thank you, a betcha's dad. Oh man, this hits so many many nerves in my body right now. Whoever wrote this, um, I think you ghost wrote this for me. Um, Man, yeah, I mean that happens all the time, and I do. I, 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 I feel the same way. I gotta admit. I mean, I admittedly feel the same way. It's tough to not like to implement the tough parenting and tough love, and you know. But what's tough love? Like, what are like what? Like, you do you you think that like. Yelling and no. timeouts is like the way to get to a child or like do to you- a degree to a degree I think it's also probably like how it's used as like a tool. I mean do I do I am I the perfect parent? And I use do it in every you know do that perfectly in every way no, but I do feel like there is an element of like you know showing them You know and again like I don't I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going based yeah. off of like, you know how I was raised how so like the whole gentle parenting idea is that you're using positive reinforcements and you're being in tune with your child's feelings and they don't have the toolbox to tell us how they're no, feeling I know, but they're frustrated. Just... So it's kind of like getting on their level, but like I think that there's something to letting your child try to express themselves in in a calm manner. Like if, you know, Oliver's having his tantrum, let him have his tantrum and when he calms down, bringing him into like an area where he could maybe tell you why he's feeling a certain way and why he did something. But when, but if we're somewhere and like, you know, he's hit someone for the third time or like he hits me, like I'm not like, Oh, like, are you feeling some feelings right now? It's just kind of like, dude, like 
Yeah. No, absolutely yeah. not. Get like, yeah. and then I pull him out of there. And like, yeah, no, like, I may, no, I may really. yell at him. It's just yeah. my, my instinct. I mean, I, and just... I yell too sometimes. And I think, and I think that's like different though, because like when you see your child being aggressive and hitting, like that's hard. And I think that's something we've definitely spoken about on the podcast. We've spoken about it with Dr. Becky before. Um, and it, it's like hard because a child, again, like they get so frustrated, they're using their hands because they don't know how to use their words, but it's embarrassing as a parent when you're like on a playground and they're hitting a child and you're like, oh shit, like this again. And I think it's easy to kind of like lose your cool. I do too. But like, what's your feelings behind gentle parenting in general, even though like you might not be able to follow it all the time, but do you feel like if you practiced it more, is it something you could get behind? I think based on what this guy wrote, is that like, I think that there needs to be a, rather than it just happening yeah. in the moment, there needs to be a, a conversation yeah. between the parents, between you and I, yeah. right? That like, when this type of scenario happens, like yeah. let me, maybe, and maybe, maybe this conversation happens after something has happened already. Yeah. It's like in the future, let's agree to handle it in this way and yeah. see how it goes. Yeah. There needs to be like an alignment on like basically a strategy on like how yeah. you're going to handle situations yeah. like moving forward and not just like let it happen again and then the two of you get yeah. into a fight. Right. Right. I mean, those moments still may be inevitable, but like yeah. I think there just needs to be a conversation about like if our kid is having a temper tantrum over a lollipop or, you know, yeah. not being kind to his brother or like yeah. just, you know, there's like let's – Align and how are we going to handle those scenarios so yeah. that like not, neither of us lose our cool yeah. and hopefully there's a good result that yeah. comes from it. So I think I think that's the that's the advice is just you and your wife need to have a conversation on those yeah. scenarios. Yes, that's the answer to the email. But then going on to the topic of gentle parenting, I think there's a time and place for it. I do. I, I agree. I agree. You've you know we've talked about it before, and I yeah. do. I do. I do like some of the tactics. Do I do I agree that it's like a one size fits all for every single scenario? No, I don't. I really don't. Yeah. I think there needs to be tough love in scenarios where the children like need to see that like, you know, that they've done something that's caused a chain reaction in, in the home with the people that they love. What's tough love? I mean, when I'm, ta I'm talking more like, you know, the timeouts. Yeah. The, you know, Taking, you know, no TV, yeah. like that type of stuff and like really sticking to no iPad, like just. But the no iPad, no TV, that's not tough love. That's, I think that's normal. I think that's, and I, and I, maybe that I would think that kind of goes into gentle parenting. Maybe tough bit. love is an aggressive label for what I'm saying, but like. You know, like sometimes you just need to yell. Like sometimes, yeah, you need sometimes to raise your voice. You sometimes you need to raise your voice. voice. Yeah. It's just not getting through and like, yeah. you know, and like it, you know, I can't, I don't think there's a, if it's right or wrong to yell at a child, but like, I think sometimes if it just feels right in the moment to like raise your voice because, you know, sometimes it, as a parent, you really, lose if, your cool. If, no, but sometimes it, yeah, but for, for good reason, for just good that, reason, they've done something extremely bad extremely that could have bad. hurt someone that could have hurt you could have hurt themselves. Yeah. Hurt whatever. Agreed. Like if it's that, it's just like. Yeah. Call it losing your cool, but sometimes you need to like really get your point across. Yeah. Not that you should just always be yelling yeah. at your kid. Well, if there's but... an issue where safety is involved, like for example, let me give a perfect example. The other day, when since Jack has been sick, Oliver's kind of been um, begging for attention in different ways. And he picked up a toy truck that was pretty heavy and he threw it at our dog and it almost, it basically like kind of hit her and it almost hit Jack. 
And that was a situation where that made me incredibly nervous. I was upset that he was being so aggressive of like, that he would actually go to hurt someone um, where like I raised my voice and I brought him to an area and I, he did not get TV. I think that was like the most mad I've ever been at him because I was generally upset with how unsafe he was being and how bad that could have ended up. And I needed him to understand how dangerous that was. Yeah. And I think he really understood. Like he asked for the TV and we were like, no. And he kind of didn't make a big deal about it. Like uh, I think he. No, he for- kind of followed me around the kitchen for about an hour. So he wants to watch. <laughs> You're going watch? Watch? Like, you know, yeah, but he, he wasn't he was like, being- he wasn't throwing a tantrum for the TV. I think uh, he really, I think he understood why we took the TV away. Yeah. And, and he was asking for like. A treat before bed and he said no and he kind of was like okay about it yeah i think he really knew how upset we were in that situation because that i didn't like that it was a situation that just was not safe and i feel like i feel like there's always like you're saying there's never one size fits all and there's always case scenarios where you need to be more stern you need to get your point across of like that was not safe and we can never ever do that again it's, it seems like I feel like we never had like this in depth of a conversation about like your views on parenting and like how you felt like coming into the role of being a dad. But like it's interesting because I feel like it's like not so different. Like things are I feel like a lot of times we like talk about, oh, it's like this being a mom. And like, look, there are things that definitely like are different, just like we were saying before, where I feel like I kind of like take this role of like being the default parent for the kids and stuff like that. But you, there's a lot of similar anxieties and frustrations when it comes to parenting and becoming a new parent and um, all of that. But I, I think this was like a really fun conversation and I'm glad we got to have it and I hope everybody enjoyed it. What do you, how did you feel about like talking about all no, that? No, it was, I, I mean, I don't think we've, like you said, I don't think we've ever like really, you know, peeled back the onion on like what it's like parenting our kids. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we are in it every single day, but yeah, I mean, even listening to this podcast and, you know, the struggles that moms do go through, I mean, the dads, while, you know, I think the perspective is that like, we have it easier, mm-hmm. right? And like, we probably do, or we do. I mean, look, we didn't birth the kid, but like, yeah. that's number one, obviously there's that, but, um, and I know every every parenting situation is different, but there, you know, we have our own set of Mm -hmm. struggles and anxieties going through it and being able to provide and, you know, being aligned with your wife on things, you know, and just being able to, you know, love the hell out of of every kid that you have. Um, There's a lot that comes with it, but yeah, this was a very different conversation for you and I. I know, it was fun. I liked it. Yeah, me too. And also, let me end this by saying, I'm going to say this publicly, but Noah is an amazing father. He is so hands-on. He's always playing with the kids, and he is always there for them. And I'm so appreciative that you divide roles with me very equally, and I feel like we have a very equal household for the most part, and I'm very appreciative of that. And my kids are very lucky to have you. Well, they're lucky to have you as their... Their mom, their mom. I mean, you're you're an incredible mother. And, Thank you. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with my my father. My father was very hands on in my yeah. household growing up, and um, you know, I yeah. I think a lot of that comes yeah. from 
from that experience, I'm thankful for that. So, yeah. but I am, you know, it's, uh, it's been a wild ride with you and there's a lot, <laughs> lot more to go. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of the Betches Moms podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and to follow us on Apple and Spotify and to follow us at Betches Moms on Instagram. And if you DM us, you have any questions, it's going to be me responding. So let us know if you have any questions. And remember, there are no rules on this podcast. I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool dad, right, Regina? Please stop talking. The Betches Moms podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong. Social media by Brittany Levine. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow us at Betches Moms on Instagram and send us your emails to moms at betches.com. Betches.